When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. The Westwood One Podcast Network. All right, everybody, welcome back to the TNQ Podcast. I'm your host, Marcus Luttrell. Every week, it's my job to fire you up, to ignite the legend inside of you, and to push you to your greatness. Join me every week as I take you into my briefing room with some of the most hard-charging people on the planet. They're going to show you how to embrace the suck of life, teach you the values of working your ass off, and charge through whatever life throws at you. This is the Team Never Quit Podcast. Podcast. So buckle up, buttercup. Hello there, Team Never Quit Nation. Welcome back to another episode of the show. My name is Andrew, joined today by Marcus. What's up, brother? Morgan. Hey, man. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode. Today, we have somebody a little different than normal. We've got Jesse Phillips. He's actually a listener to the show. He's a fan, but he's actually got a pretty cool story. He's a filmmaker, documentary maker. Marine. Marine. Daddy. Dad. Rancher. All around good All around being. good guy. yeah. And uh, he's got a great Never Quit story, and uh, just to see what he's going through was uh, really, uh, it was fun. It was cool to have a listener on the show. So we can't wait to get to that. But before we do, like every week, we've got a Patreon question of the day coming from Rebecca. Rebecca asks, what is your favorite book? Was I supposed to say the Bible? No, there's no <laughs> there's no right or wrong questions here. I feel like that was, that was loaded. That was a loaded yeah. question. <laughs> Between Brothers, Empire of the Summer, Summer Moon, Moon, Empire of the Summer Moon, Lonesome Dove, Systems Neuroscience. I have a lot of business books that are like my go-tos. Interoperative Neurophysiological Monitoring. You just go in and read a business book? Yeah, I know. It's not very interesting. There's actually a great book called Tuesdays with Maury that was actually really good. Neuroscience of Pain. This is the shit I read. What was it Source Code? Talent Code. Talent Code. That's, pretty That's good a one. good one. Oldie but goodie. Grossman's books. On killing on combat. Yeah, mine's a, my go-to that I've been honestly trying to read for 21 years is Atlas Shrugged. I've got that one on my bookshelf. By and it is Anne Rand. Everybody tiniest, has it on their bookshelf. <laughs> tiniest <laughs> little words. And the biggest the book. Fattest book. I've taken it on every one of my deployments, and I have yet to get through it. I've had people tell me it's like, I know this is sacrilegious, but they say it's like second to the Bible in terms of like just like life book. Philosophical outlook. Like, but I just haven't, I can't get through pa- like just the first few pages, which is they bad. Made, but... Netflix has Atlas Shrugged series. Have you watched that? It's, yes. Is it good? It's good. Man. We'd love to hear what y'all's favorite books are too, so. Uh... I got them time life books down in my, uh, in my office. Uh, oh, yeah? History of the Old West. Are they good? Yeah. Right you got to be older to know Count what that is. Cristo is my favorite book. That's my go-to. It's one I collect, too. Did you ever read any of the, like, popular books that were, like, series, like Harry Potter or any of those books? I read them in English and French. 
What was it like in French? Just like it was in English. It's got to be the same. Yeah, same all of uh, same story. Robert Ludlum. I'm a, I used to be a Robert Ludlum freak. Till uh, he quit writing. Then Gates of Fire. Uh-uh. Tom Clancy. Right. Yeah, man, all of them. It depends on what we're doing. The library is full of books. People. The cool part about it now is like people, the writers that that I love reading, send me their books to read. Well, that's awesome. They don't send them to me. Well, <clears> not <throat> yet. I don't have his address. You got a PO box that you can give them? Yeah, no. Send book mail. Team, to team never quit. That's all he had to say was they don't send just stand what watch. Two there was so many books you'd be like, hey, okay, you, you want some books? Me, but, yeah. All right, team never quit. He wants some books, huh? He wants some books. Alrighty. Two Morgan. Rebecca, thank you so much for your question. If you'd like to ask a question, join us on Patreon. Patreon is where we have exclusive behind the scenes content, first release episodes, first release new guests, as well as like awesome challenge coin, awesome merch, and uh, a lot of cool other stuff. Head over to patreon.com slash team never quit so you can learn more on all of our Patreon happenings. Marcus and I have been having this back and forth conversation for a little bit, and he's he's got it in his bone marrow that cereal is not a soup. Is a soup. I said it is a soup. Is a soup, a breakfast soup. I, I don't think cereal is a soup. What do you say? Is cereal a soup? Yeah. That is a, actually, is that, that's a, I've never been asked that question. I never even thought of it. Well, there you um, go. Ta-da. I think. <laughs> never quit. I kind of like, I, I tell you what, I, I like, uh, I like being a little different and I like, I like making, giving it my own twist. So I think. Jesus, don't say porridge. <laughs> that was, was in spoon. my head. Morning porridge. It's not porridge. Porridge is thicker than soup. So it's with buttermilk. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. It was a little bigger. I thought it was butter butter milk. Milk. buttermilk right there, boy. <laughs> All right, right on, brother. Hey, tell us about your most embarrassing date moment. Oh, goodness. Um, well, uh, one time I, uh, most embarrassing date. I didn't do a lot of dating around. My wife was uh, one of the only ones, but I did have one before her. And uh, yeah, she uh, she threw my flowers away after I, I gave them to her. and thought the night was i thought i read the uh the old vibe good we're supposed to meet the parents and so i got her flowers and was like let's let's uh make this official and uh yeah she threw them in the trash broke yeah. my little heart and uh i moved on but yeah i've never been uh dad always said give roses somebody you care about so i didn't get a roses thank god or i would have my wife is the only one I've ever given roses to. So, yeah, I, you know, you get that piece of advice growing up too, man. But you know, there's different k- kinds of roses and different. If you show up with the wrong ones, that that's actually a thing. That's that difference between it guys is. and girls, oh, man. Yeah. We don't okay. figure that stuff out. And just because your dad's got his lady figured out, they're each one of them are completely different. Like you can show up with flowers and just like you said, get them thrown away. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah, for sure. If you could fight Mike Tyson in his prime with a hammer or a pitchfork, which one would it be? Pitchfork all the way. Why? Pitchfork all the way. I got to get some standoff from somebody like that. That's a little bit more intimidating than the hammer. You know, it's got some. Yeah, you can skew. Stand, yeah. Put your foot in it and stand. Many a possum with a pitchfork. I honestly don't think he would care. (laughs) (laughs) All right, brother, what's your favorite thing to do when you're taking a break? Taking a break. Uh, I tell you, my my kids are my my, uh, hobby, my wife and kids. So taking a fishing riding the truck rides after dinner down the dirt road whatever uh, i'm pretty laid back my wife and i are we're not that old yet but we're kind of act like we're 65 year old curmudgeons so Man, after our, you, we watch you... andy griffith after dinner 
and then we go get the truck and we drive till it's time to put the kids down. The Griff, and, huh? Uh, nice. How many you got? How many do I? How many kids I got? Yeah. I got four now. Four now. And how old are you? Yep. Twenty nine. Oh yeah, brother, you started early. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you get that dad yeah, call I'm, early, man. That's tough. I'm just, I'm a I'm a I'm a little baby. Well, let's back it up a little bit, man. Let's let's uh. I got some questions for you. I'm just curious as to, to, you said you came from Mississippi, man. Tell us about that little, the town you grew up in and, and your family, how you got to where you're at right okay. now. Good deal. Well, I, um, so I was raised in a little, little community called Tibby, Mississippi, right off the Tibby Creek, um, not far from Starkville. And, uh, I was one of the homeschool weirdos. I didn't go to school. I hadn't been to school a day in my life. Um, I went to the Marines right out of high school. So, I never went to college, never went to school. I came from a big family. There was 13 of us total. Um, wow. Nine, bro- nine boys, four girls. We're not Catholic. We're not Mormon. Go ahead and clear the air on that. Your country. Um, <laughs> what, what's that? Your country. Your country. Oh, yeah. Um, my dad was a old uh, football coach from Mississippi State. He was a strength coach. Um, he was old school as they come, raised us, raised us tough, and uh, – you know, so we, we grew up horses and cows and trained in Mustang, Spanish Mustangs we got from the Dakotas. And we had a, you know, we, that's the way we were raised, uh, raised to love our country and take her, go shake her hand of, or shake the hand of anybody wearing a World War II or Vietnam hat. And uh, so when 9-11 happened, that's kind of when, when I was 11, I was just a kid, but that's when I decided I was going to join up and same with my brother. So there's four of us in, right, or have been in um, out of the. 13 of us. Four you grew of you up on a Mustang, 13? like a working ranch? How big was the ranch? Uh, it wasn't. We had 300 acres um, that we that we were on. Um, my brother did it for, my oldest brother, he was a, he did it for a living, and I just kind of helped him. My dad at that point was a minister at, uh, on Mississippi State campus. He uh, discipled young men and taught them about God's word. It was after his coaching days. He, he walked away from being a, a coach he got a job off from Bear Bryant one time, and he he walked away from it, got in the ministry, and uh, yeah, so that's how I was raised. He he passed away um, in 2013, October 1st, uh, just not too long ago. So I still got condolences. Six yeah. siblings still still at the house with my with my mom, and I bought a house right across the road from them. And I'm uh, kind of I got three little brothers that are under the age of 18 that I'm kind of helping out when I can and. So I got more than just bone kids. What's the spread on? Are you the oldest or the middle, youngest? No, no. I, so I'm kind of middle top. <laughs> I'm fifth from the top. So the oldest is thirty five, thirty six. Good lord, thirty seven. I mean, what's your mom do besides have kids? Because she's man, man. <laughs> she's a beast. I tell you, she she looks like my sister. She does. I have more gray hair than she does, which is mind blowing. Um, my dad took real good care of her. And we're doing our best to take care of her now that she's uh, now that dad's not around. Everybody's still around the same area. I missed it if you said that. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so when dad got sick, uh, we all kind of started moving back, and um, so now pretty much there's one. He's a he's a ranger. He's over on the east coast, and then my sister married one of my marine buddies, and they're mm. on the east coast as well. But besides that, we're all we pretty much have a little compound. We have a little dead end road, and all the Phillipses live on it, and we keep an eye on everything. Your sister married a Marine? Yeah, that's a funny story. Well, let's hear it. <laughs> I, I married my uh, 
I married my buddy's sister and, um, he was all for us meeting until we got serious and then it kind of made him upset. <laughs> Y'all still buddies? <laughs> oh yeah, we're good now, but it took some time. And, um, and then it's, you know, it came back around on me. One of my buddies wanted to marry my sister and it, it took some doing, but he's a good one. I'm, I wouldn't have it any other way now, but he had to make it through the nine brothers. First. Yeah. We got something like that in our family as well. I mean, you got to introduce them. Everything's fine. And, and, but if you're wanting to have the, the hand in marriage and you need to see the, the mean side of all of us, just to make sure you, you, you love the one you're after. 100%. And it, it works. I mean, it chases a lot of them away. Oh, yeah. The ones that stick around, they, they're, they're usually the good ones if they make it through. So yeah, everybody sticks around when everybody's happy. You want to see that bad side. That's how you know it's family. <laughs> that's right texas and mississippians aren't that much different we're no. pretty pretty much the same cloth you said your dad was a coach at mississippi state which my brother talked football with you all day man i had some of the, there was i just gotten back from uh, florida i was down there and some of the mississippi state football players uh uh-huh. was down at the same facility man your dad was he a marine or did he just was he just a coach and- no he was right at the age where he was at towards the end of vietnam war um he was playing ball, had was on scholarship. Um, so he was kind of torn with getting in or getting out. His dad was over in Vietnam. Uh, he was in the Air Force. And uh, he never went in, but he had, he always kind of, I don't want to, I don't know if you said he regretted it, but he kind of always wondered what it would have been like. But most people that know my dad, um, you know, he's that old school football coach. He would have been a great Marine, would have been a great something in the military. Uh, pretty hard nosed, straight laced, but he did it because he cares and he loves you. Loves you hard and works you harder. Oh, well, those are the kind of coaches you need. You said I mean, he got. Uh, oh yeah. He got uh, sure. asked. He got asked by Bear Bryant to be a coach. Yeah. So he, yeah, he got a call from him one day. Um, it was when Dad was getting. He was feeling like he should should start teaching the Bible to young men, and he, he felt like not to be cliche, but he felt like he called to be in the ministry, and um, so. At that at that point, then all of a sudden he started getting all these offers, and he was a young, uh, young hard nosed. A lot of a lot of people knew him and and respected him, even though he was young. And um, yeah, he had an offer to go over there to Alabama, and um, he decided to stay here. And he he told us a hundred times he would always tell us, "Y'all are my hobby kids." And he was like, "We, um, you know, if I'd have taken that, probably m- most of y'all wouldn't be here. <laughs> yeah. If you'd have gone that route, it all worked out." What about your sisters? So what about them? What do they do? I got four. Yeah, that, what are you saying? Uh, I mean, come on. <laughs> so, so I, I got one who was uh, married a, a wildlife biologist, a good friend of mine. He was my fishing buddy, I thought, when I was a kid. And then I found out he was trying to date my sister. Uh, no, nah, I'm just kidding. He's, That's kind of brilliant, though, because if he's a wildlife biologist and you're a hunter, you can just pow around with him. Those guys, them and the game oh, warden. Man, you know? yeah. Oh, yeah. There, there's many many of the game warden hunts I've been on because of that. And it, it helps, I promise you. <laughs> uh, but. So she, uh, they have several kids. They live on the compound on the same piece of land. Um, I call it a compound, but yeah, just a piece of we land. We do too. The rest of us, and then, and then, um, my other sister, my sister that's two years younger than me, Joy. She married a, a marine. He was in for, he was, ten years, staff sergeant, um, Ramadi Fluge, all that. And now he's he went back to, he's got his butter bars. He's a lieutenant now, still in training. So. Um, he just changed over from infantry to Artie, so he's pretty excited about his knees not hurting as bad. Um, and then the other two are at the house uh, still, and they're they help. They do a lot. Our family kind of we all kind of have our own little thing we do. I got a, a a guy who has my brother. He does leather work, custom leather work, wallets, belts, all kind of cool stuff. 
Um, they, they help him do that. They have their mom and, and my sisters do, um, they refinish furniture and sell it. Um, like they antique it and do, they do really good with all that. So that keeps them busy. And then of course we got a big family and lately with everything my family's been going through, I've needed some help. So they've been, they've been all over the place helping us. Y'all still running Mustangs? Uh, we still have a few, but it's slowed down. We, we haven't got any new ones in a while. Um, we still got several, though. We got probably four right now that are purebred, um, and we still have we still have horses. I just I haven't had the time the past several years to do it. My little brothers are all up into it. So, oh yeah, we we still got the ponies around here too. We Morgan and I grew up on a horse ranch, and you know the, the, the saying, man, if you got mustangs for kids, you put them with some mustangs, they'll train each other, calm each other down. Oh man exactly it's it's the it's just the sweetest thing i love it like i I wouldn't have it any other way that's my goal is here as soon as i can to get me a little bigger piece of land and get some i want my little kids are young but i want to get them doing raising the way i was raised with responsibility with horses and with a few cows and and uh let them learn from each other, like you just said. Yeah, all the kids around in our compound, once they got old enough to walk down to Grandma's house where the ponies are, they have to go down and feed and water and, and just kind of hang out with them and get to know them. And I, I tell you what, we was up there the other day, and, and that we have an old saying yep. around here, don't sweat the petty stuff and don't pet the sweaty stuff. And I, I literally was standing around pen with one of these, <laughs> these horses. I had to put one down. And I mean, the other one, he was just, he was, not only was he sweating, bro, he was lathered up. And I jumped on that sucker. And it had been a while for me, too few years and i jumped up on him man and he pitched a little bit and i i i came off like that like he was greased up bro hit the freaking ground the side of the round pen rolled it. and the best part about it was my mom was sitting in her truck with my sister my wife and my daughter and they're just kind of like what what is this guy doing they, they all saw it huh? <laughs> yeah oh oh yeah that's when you get thrown when everyone's looking because that horse knows everyone's that, looking that, and you're trying to be the badass get up on the back of that sucker that ground isn't quite as soft as it was oh, in 25. Oh, and it, it progressively gets harder every every decade you're on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> it's like every time you hit the ground, you get tougher, but so does the earth you fall on. And I, I mean, I, yep. st- I stood up quick. My mom, she has a saying. She's like, there's never been a horse that hadn't been rode. There's never been a rider that hadn't been thrown. And I, I, was, I think that was going through my head as I was in the air. As it went into- <laughs> it's a good thing I knew how to PLF. I mean, some of that military training paid off. But uh, Oh, yeah. Yeah, dog. All right, well, tell us, you said Man. you came into the Marine Corps in 2011? 2009, yeah, I got in. Um, so I, I was one of those nasty reservists all the way through, so I'm just going to put that on the tables. I, was, uh, I, I, I went to the recruiter, told him I wanted to get to where the combat was as fast as I could, and he's like, I got the perfect thing for you right here. <laughs> and uh, they, were, they were looking for reservists at the time. I had no idea what that was. I thought I was going straight into, into the war. And uh, I didn't really understand what it was until SOI, the School of Infantry was over. Everybody was getting there, and they were like, all right, you're about to go home. Because everybody was my, – all my buddies were going to Hawaii over to uh, – Schofield? Three, and I was like – I was, fired, no, I was fired up about going to Hawaii. And they were like, dude, you're not going? Like, what do you mean I'm not going? I was like, you're going home. You're a reservist. I was like, well, I don't know what that is. And next thing I knew, I was I was home, and uh, all my buddies were over in Afghanistan, and I was, I was pretty pissed off. They wouldn't let you change? Um, that sucks. Well, so yeah, they we I tried, I fought everything, but at that time it was tough. Everybody was trying to swap over, um, and then not long after that, um, got married, had kids right away. We had honeymoon twins. Mm. Um, and then my awesome, mom, nice work. Yeah, so yeah, my wife's the only fun story. My wife's the only one I've ever been with, and um, and been the same with her. So our honeymoon, we uh, 
pair of girls right out of the shoot, like immediately. Um, so twin girls, twin twin girls. Nice. Yeah. That'll, that'll keep you from going full bore into the war. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, and then, and then that, so that happened and then dad, uh, dad was sick. And so that kind of made it to where I, I pulled all the plugs and everything I had to go, uh, going to stay home, um, help out with that. So I did end up going to South America, South America. And then it was in, uh, Afghanistan, 2018. Um, but I'm on the way out right now. 2018. So. Yeah. Were you like the only one there? A whole different ball game. <laughs> where were we at? There, uh, I was in Hellman down off of, you know, where, uh, Lost car guy is relatively lost down car guy. Lost car guy. Pretty familiar yeah, with the Hellman the, province. It's the capital of Hellman. So we, uh, yeah, there was about, if I remember right, it's like 300 Marines total in Hellman at the time. There's, there wasn't much, much of us there. At all. It was a lot different war than when y'all were there. I promise. God, I remember one time it was, it was, I don't remember what year it was, was it? but in Iraq, they had a, a squad of Marines and a, and a compound out in the middle of nowhere. And on the news, it was saying that the enemy was surrounded them and they were all worried about those Marines. I was like, man, you never heard that thing. He's like, man, they got us surrounded. Sweet. We know where they're at. I was like, you don't have Marines surrounded. Oh, yeah. man. They got you. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a dream of pretty much every. Well, I know. That's what I was saying. Like, man, them guys are so happy. They're just waiting <laughs> to get jerked off the chain. I got prayed for that every day, you know? So I'm sure they, they made it out just fine, but. Yeah. So I, yeah, my, my service isn't, I, I don't have that great of a stone. Hey, all service is great. Don't say yourself that, short, man. Once hey, a Marine, always yeah, a Marine. Don't ever talk like that. Don't talk again. like that. Not around here. Crawl through this microphone we heard you did, yeah. slap you around a little bit. Come on, Marine. <laughs> Who do you think comes and rescues us when we yeah, get in trouble? Slap me around. That's good. So we heard you, you yeah, got a new right. baby on the ground. <laughs> Came in early. I do. His old mama, do. Girl, the mama Came couldn't even keep him back. I tell you, that was, uh, yeah, that was, uh, an ordeal. Let's hear it. Um, so, all right. So, uh, he was born at John Porter, good, strong, manly name. We named him. Uh, he was born at 26 weeks. My wife, uh, had a, uh, her placenta or a placenta abruption, I think is the technical term, but, um, real bad medical condition to where, uh, very time sensitive. Uh, by the time I don't, I didn't start a clock, but about the time I got her to the emergency room within I'd say less than 10 minutes. We had the baby on the ground. Um, and when I say that a lot of people don't understand, uh, when I say she had a C-section with no anesthesia, that's exactly what I mean. Like she didn't have, they wiped her with a cotton swab. Are you serious? They cut. Like that's, yeah. So that, I mean, have you seen the last scene? You've seen Braveheart, right? Oh yeah. yeah. You know, the last scene, when he gets, that's exactly what happened. Yeah, when they're drawing, drawing like, a quarter. She was, oh yeah. I mean, they, they cut her open right there. Um, she was awake for the whole thing. And, uh, we should be talking to her. <laughs> Go get her. Uh, that's what I, that's what I was saying. That's what, that's what I was saying. She's the one that I tell you, you know, all this nowadays, there's two, two of the most beautiful things I've ever witnessed. And it was in that room. And, uh, that day, the most heroic thing I've seen, personally was my wife sitting there my little my little son his heart rate went from 170 which is normal for a baby and it dropped it dropped down to 30s and then it went to zero his heart like stopped so in my head i'm you know how we are we're good at like compartmentalizing i was like all right well he's dead so quit praying for him i'm just praying for her because she wasn't doing well and it was a you know the whole hospital was right there trying to save her and um so the doctor uh thankfully 
had the guts to do the C-section on spot without really, I, you know, I gave her consent, like, yeah, go ahead and do it. But like, we didn't do the, the paperwork. We didn't do it. Like it's a, she had the doctor did exactly what she was supposed to do to save the life of my, my son and my wife. And, uh, my wife's sitting there fighting for her son's life and for her own life. And that doctor not really caring about protocol or anything and just doing what was a life-saving thing on the spot. It was, uh, yeah, I don't have any words for it, but she came out later crying and apologized to the doctor apologizing to me for having to hurt my wife. And, and it was God almighty. Did she, did she pass out from pain when they were cutting her open? She didn't. I oh, tell you, she's Lord. so tough. They, they ran the baby out. Anesthesiologist ran in and, um, and put her to sleep. And, uh, but uh, y'all know how about how pain is once it sets in, it's hard to get rid of it. So she, she was fine when she was asleep, but it took some, you know, it took a good week before they had, the, I mean, how many, the I mean, obviously they, obviously they'd strapped her down or did it, was everybody just holding her down? Both. God it was a, it was a effort. There, there's yep. a huge misconception that men are, are absolutely tougher than women. That's relative. Yeah, absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. I mean, our muscles on the outside of our fat, that's why we can take pain on the outside. You know, we get a stomach ache. Guys yep. are like, hey, what's going on here? So women have their muscles exactly. on the inside of their fat. And I, when someone takes pain for us, especially us in the middle, that's how you, you get the respect. And I watched my wife go through 19 hours of labor without any pain meds at I was also doing my hospital rotations when I was a young seal pup and, and I was working in L and D and I'll never forget this lady came in for an emergency section and the dog did exactly what you, I mean, they put her on the table, that dog grabbed that scapula, scap, scapula, that word. And I mean, yeah, Scap- whatever it is, <laughs> sharp knife. <laughs> yeah. Sharp knife. And, uh, I mean, just right in front of me and I, I couldn't believe it. And they pulled it, got that yeah. thing done. I mean, within seemed like seconds and sewed them back well, up. That's, the amount of pain they can take. You know, back in the day, like when there was just a woman and a dude standing there and they're like, hey, one of y'all's got to have give, give birth. And I, we're going to show you what that looks like just so one of y'all can pick. <laughs> and I'll be like, dudes be like, hey, I'll right. take as much pain as humanly possible on the outside as long as I don't have to go through that. Because if a dude gets his ass whipped that bad, we don't want any more of that. You know, a woman, two not, months later, she's like, hey, let's do again. that again. I'm like, are you, are you kidding me, man? I just watched you go. No. I, I mean, <laughs> Yeah, as soon as my wife woke up, the first thing she asked is, am I still going to be able to have more kids? Like, that's what she was concerned about. The first thing was, how's John Porter? And then, are, am I going to be able to have kids? And it's like, are you, sh- like, do you really, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that's what you're thinking about. But, uh, yeah, sh- I'll tell you, I don't, like, I'm just a big wimp compared to what I've, what I've witnessed. Oh, yeah. And then for her, so she was stuck at the hospital. You know, she was, had to have several blood transfusions. She lost a lot of blood. So we had to get medevac little man an hour away. So I went with him. My wife had to stay at the hospital till she was healed up. So she was in the hospital for uh, a week or so. And then on top of that, all my kids came down with the flu and croup. So they weren't allowed to see mom or the new kid. And it was Christmas time. So we were, we were busted up all over the state for Christmas and new years. And, and just the, the mental thing that my wife went through, like the trauma that she went through having her, her stomach cut out. And then on top of it, the the feeling of loss when you don't have a kid to hold on to or like, she didn't have anything. She couldn't see her kids. She couldn't see me and she couldn't see her new baby. And she just up there at the hospital. Like, I don't know how she's sane, to be honest. I, I, she is tougher than nails. I don't have enough to say about her. Oh man. Kind of like your mom. You run across a lady who's got 13 kids, man. She is a ninja. I mean, a UFC fighter. Dude. I mean, you see a guy got 13 pro fights with no knockouts. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable what they can take. 
and my mom's the same way like your wife did she did completely no no pain meds like she did all of it natural hmm. 13 of them which is like ridiculous and she looks younger than me and so of course mom was there she was there through all of it like she was she stayed with my wife at the hospital was there the whole entire time uh my family all jumped in and got the kids and i was up with little man and anyway we just got him home uh this week from the NICU so the kids got to meet him for the first time he was in in the NICU for 65 days Oof. and um so now now we got him home all under one roof and uh how's he doing my wife's getting a good he's doing great my wife's getting a good uh you know eight ten minutes of sleep a night mm. so it's that good rest <laughs> yeah she's having to pump and uh nurse and uh bottle feed all every three hours so I jump in when I can. That's what my wife. My wife said, "I don't know why everybody probably. calls it sleeping like a baby. It needs to be said sleeping yeah. like a husband." Because <laughs> you, right. like, you some bitches ain't ever up when we're feeding these babies. Like, well, all I can do is just change diapers and clean stuff up. I mean, in the beginning part, they got to go it. through all that stuff. And I, I mean, watching Millie go through that without any pain meds, I'm like, babe, if you want some pain meds, that's fine because I'm pretty sure I'm gonna need some watching this go down. <laughs> I mean, yeah, <laughs> it's unbelievable. I was probably on some pain meds when this when we made this thing. So, <laughs> I mean, you can take all you want, man. You guys, you guys looking to extend the extend the family some more? Or? Well, my wife and I, you know, we love kids, and and she she wants you know she wanted a dozen, and uh, I, of course I want more. But with I don't know if uh, with everything that went down, uh, we've had some other health issues. I, don't, I we'll see we'll oh, see okay. what happens. But I well pray you for know, you. No, I'm just thank what I'm what I'm happy and thankful for right now. The Lord gave me two of each. We got two little boys, two little girls, and and if that's what he chooses to keep us at, then I'm I'm happy and thankful. And if he wants us to have more, he'll make it. You know, he'll he'll allow it. But um, I'm just thankful for the four we have right now. Tell us about the program. I mean, we've been hearing a lot about this stuff and about how you, I mean, we, life's pretty amazing stuff that you've been going through. So tell us a little bit about that. You know, how, y'all know how it is when you get back from being away and uh, I got, you know, kids and trying to get back, being on the reserve side, you get back and all of a sudden you don't get paid and you got to try to figure out how to get your, your business back. And, uh, and I do film and content work for a lot of brands and companies and I do do some documentary work. I do a lot of stuff in media. And there's no law that says you have to have your job when you get back, uh, when you work for yourself. No. As a you know, as a reservist, if you're a cop, you come back, you go straight back to work. When you work for yourself, it's just like, man, every you know, you have to start back from scratch. So the the process of trying to get back in the swing of things and not be so irritable and deal with my anger issue, you know how it is. And um so I I just needed some a release kinda and I started being stupid on a microphone and letting people know how much of an idiot I am. And it kind of turned into the program, which is my little, I've only done 20 episodes, but they're just short little uh, blips of things that aren't political and aren't really, the only confrontation is like food related, kind of like soup and soup and cereal. That's right. Um, I just feel, feel like this day and age, there's so much stuff on social media that is so divisive and, and there's so much, arguing and, and yelling back and forth and a lot of it i agree with but it's just like man sometimes we just need to take a few minutes to just chill out and enjoy life just a little bit 
So that's kind of what my, my take on the program. And it kind of got, that's kind of the heart behind it. it was just like, just to try to make people forget about the, the crazy old world for a little bit. And, and, uh, my brother, who's a very successful voice actor, he's done stuff with Dallas Cowboys and George Bush. And he's funny. They always get him to do Texas accents and he's from Mississippi. So I don't know what that says <laughs> about y'all, but, uh, anyway, so he's my little, I call him my intern. That's, that's the funny thing about the accents, man. Is most people up north, when they hear it, they're like whether it's from Mississippi, Louisiana, Texas, or Alabama, it's all from the south, right? But when, if you grow yeah, up down here, right. especially in Texas, you can tell somebody who's from north Texas, east, west, oh, or south, the same way with Mississippi. Yep. Now, it's like, so the Texans, have we have our accent. Louisiana, absolutely have that Cajun, Cajun French, French yeah. mix. Yeah, Mississippi Cajun, yep. just like got left out of the mix, and then you have Alabama. <laughs> Alabama's just rough, man. Yeah, it's a rough one. And then, then there's Florida. It, the Carolinas and Virginia all kind of have their own. Yeah, the dirty south. Sound. It's like when we came over and everybody hit the ground. We started making our way toward California. Everybody just got tired and started dropping off on certain spots. <laughs> <laughs> like yep. Texas, we quit halfway about, across, man. Like we'll stay here. Yeah, before it got too deserty. So this trend when transitioned out of the core and you were looking for stuff to do, man, you just jumped in the car and drove to L.A. Or why, why the video photography? Well, well, so that's a good question. Why, um, I, like I said, I worked blue collar my whole life growing up, worked on the ranch, worked on the farm, construction, roofing in the summertime, you know, just oh, miserable work. Yeah, oh, that's the hardest mind. job. That, <laughs> roofing so, you know, a house. Mojo and I tried to do bro. that one. Dude, hats off. Hats off, Air man. conditioned work. And I'm about, y'all, I'm 6'5", two, you know, 255. Um, I'm not supposed to be climbing around in attics. Like God didn't make me to do that, but I used to do that. And I uh, lay tile. That wasn't good for my knee. I just, I learned a lot. And uh, my dad was like, look, you need to go, if you're going to you know, go to college, if you don't want to do this kind of work. And uh, I decided to go to the Marines instead, which was, you know, I don't know if that was smart or what, but um, so but, uh, my dad was an artist. He was a meathead football player, coach, but inside he was an artist. He loved poetry. He drew, he drew, he sang, played guitar. So I've always liked the Mary both, kind of like King David. He That's was a, a warrior poet. He was a poet. He, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was a, a poet, and he played the harp, and he also, you know, got the, you know, thousands of foreskins off of dead dead Philistines and the head off of Goliath. You know, he was a freaking beast. Um, so that's kind of the way my dad raised his son, is like, look, appreciate the art, be in touch with your, you know, that side of you, but also be a warrior and, and be a killer. So that's kind of photography was my, my first passion into, I remember I went to, we went on a field trip to DC with my parents and back before digital was a thing. And I had like 16 little wind up cameras from Walmart. And uh, when my dad got them back, he went and got them developed and was like, man, you got an eye for this. You had a, I was a problem child too. So I had a lot of like issues and he was like, look, you got a talent for this. You got an eye for it. You ought to think about doing it from that day. I was probably 12. I was like, man, I, I'm an artist. Like my dad says it. So from then on, that's kind of what sparked my artistic flair. And, uh, photography was just the kind of what got me into it when I was older. He was, he encouraged me to jump into it head first and I didn't do it because I was worried about making a buck and uh, afraid of failure. And, uh, when he died, that's when I was like, okay, I'm going to just do it. And, um, uh, so that's what I've been doing ever since. And it's kind of morphed into film and, and documentary style work, but I, I kind of, it all kind of ties together. And so when I, I, uh, the film that went out and, um, I worked with a guy actually out in Austin, Texas on a, on a deal with, uh, 
with the film that went to Sundance and I met Nate Boyer out there. Yep. Um, he's a good friend of mine. I, I, you, I, he's a good, uh, he's not a Texan truly, but he acts like it. So huh. he, uh, w- went out there to one of those little colleges out there, whatever it was. Um, I'm just kidding. UT <laughs> is where yeah, he's going to say, yeah, I know that one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so he and I, that's, that's kind of my, he, he's, we worked together out on some stuff, uh, in LA. And so that's kind of, I, I work, I work Mississippi's home. Like my dad's buried on the hill, right. You know, right, right up the road from my house within shouting distance. And, uh, my little brothers are still at the house. I got three of them under the age of 18 that I've tried to be there for. And I got, you know, my mom's there and I just, that's, that's where my heart is. That's where my home is. So, but it's hard to do, make a living at what I do in the state of Mississippi. So I have to, I have to travel a good bit but home's always going to be, I got pretty deep roots in the Mississippi mud. So I oh, yeah, we're growing up, man. We can't wait to get away from there. And then when we, when we get older, we can't wait to get back or say it's uh, uh, I tell you, man. things that are, uh, things that are obtained in war should be protected by art. That's our family motto. If you don't know that, can you say that again? It's on one of the crests. I was looking at our family crest back in the day. And, and one of them, one of the sayings on the family crest was things that are obtained by war should be protected by art protected by art yeah i don't even know what that means i don't either but that's what it said <laughs> I, I i love it i love it i love it and that, that's kind of so that that goes right along with the heart of what i'm trying to do and what i do is you know i have to pay the bills by taking pictures of cats and weddings and everything else <laughs> people never but, get like, tired of cat heart. pictures cats and weddings. <laughs> <laughs> i have it thank god i've able to i've able to kind of move on from that but i'm not above it like next week i might be dancing <laughs> with a little caesar sign right outside of little caesar's pizza and i'm not above it as long as i'm keeping food on the table. hey the best when you're traveling and you're in that business that you're in man is what kind of plays out in front of you like if you, the people watching is the best and oh, i'm man, in the airports yeah. all the time and i'll literally sit down there because everyone's on their phone everyone's looking down but the funniest yep, stuff still watching. transpires in, in, in the wide open i'll sit down next to people mm-hmm. have my have a shirt on one of our shirts on and a hat and talk to them and then get up and walk away and they still even know it it's the most fun. No idea. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, some of those snapshot pictures that you can catch. A lot of times, I don't have a phone handy, but I was like, "Man, this would be a great picture for." Some, and then put 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 the line underneath it because it's those daily activities that 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 remind people that man, it's life's just tough. It's supposed to be fun, though. It is. It is, and that that's what I try. Like with social, man. You know, y'all have y'all know how it is. Like a lot of people on social try to paint this beautiful, like my life is perfect picture. Like, look let's be a little bit real because there's <laughs> life sucks and it punches you in the mouth a lot. And if you're always trying to paint this perfect picture, like you're going to get called out or people that are just be real with your social accounts and be real with life. Like you just said, somebody sitting there talking, you don't even know who you are. That's a real person with real issues, you know? And, uh, well, it's not a perfect life. Just like you said, man, but there are those perfect moments. That's, that's which one would you rather have the perfect moments in the, and reverse that. But uh, that's why it's so much fun to get out there and do that. And all those snapshots you see on, and, and it, I, I've heard that said before that everybody looks online, everything seems perfect and they get offline and their life's a mess. Well, I'm like, mm-hmm. no, it's those imperfections that make life perfect. It's a, if it was one exactly. big, beautiful exactly. picture, right? You got to bust it up and all the pieces are imperfect. And then as you go through life, you're trying to find out which piece you fit with. Some of them you don't, some of them you do. Yep. And yep. Uh, that's a great part getting out and traveling and, seeing everybody and everything. Yeah. And, and some of the most like, I mean, just recently, man, I, I finally left 
the hospital. I was at the hospital for a month, sleeping on a bony little bench, and my wife was home and couldn't get up there. To, I finally had to get back to work and go, you know, send out some invoices. And I got on the road, and the first, my first Uber driver, man, it was like the most touching story. I did a little write up about it because it like it hit me right in the heart, man. Like he knew exactly what to say to encourage me where I was at. He had no idea what I was dealing with, and I was like, so from then, on, like, they're just cute, like humans suck but also they're all beautiful and they all have their own story. <laughs> so it's like, that's, it's, I love traveling for that very reason. Cause you can, you can encourage people, you can, and then they'll do the same to you. Just a total stranger. Oh you man, bro. You think you're having a bad day. You jump in with somebody and be like, obviously I wasn't having a bad day. That person is. <laughs> yeah. Not a bit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's funny. You say that about the beds in the hospitals. Like, you spend enough time in there after uh-huh. you have some kids, the, the, the husband bed. Laid on the side. I literally was in there for so long. I thought about. I was like, man, I need to make a bed for the hospitals for the dude who sleeps over here on the couch. Well, he's but, six five. Dude, I, I thought the same. We need to pat, patent it somehow. Right? You know they make the it so uncomfortable place. so we won't stay. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's where I kind of started thinking. Goal. I was like, man, that's got to be why y'all do this because this thing for if you're over six foot, <laughs> uh, that's freaking miserable. I started loading up on the my pillows and everything in between. But God, oh yeah, that's the one thing when you when you're going in there, especially if you're. A, Mo- Mojo was in there for a while after a helicopter crash, and we had cots set up in there. Matter of fact, we tried to sneak him out of the hospital too early. We, had, we wound up having to take him back. <laughs> like, hey, man, you can have this dude oh, back. Man. Train wreck. Yeah. <laughs> and we finally got him out of there. Uh, yeah. Imagine going up to your wife saying, honey, I'm really uncomfortable. Can we leave? <laughs> this bed yeah. sucks over here. <laughs> I know you're going through something yeah. right now, but I'm not having it. That's my joke. I do that a lot. I'll be like, man, I don't know if I can take, like, I just stub my toe. Like, this is the worst thing that a human could go through. Uh, <laughs> dude, the she, toe uh, stubs are the worst, man, because those <laughs> usually happen at the end of the day. You're like, burn your finger. It's not the big things that get us anymore. It's the little ones. It's like, hey, I'll just keep it's testing. It's a little tiny, dude. dude. Yeah, you knock bark off your foot, and man, <laughs> it's like the worst thing. <laughs> And then you got to go sleep on that. But yeah, exactly. T- Babe, like, I, I know you just get, get, went through labor for how many hours, but that, you know, that's over. You're not screaming anymore, but my back's kind of hurting on it. I, I took, I walked in, <laughs> I, walk, <laughs> I walked into the corner of my trailer this morning hey, right that, there that mid-thigh idea. and dropped down and prayed to God. Oh, trailer hit strike. That's, yeah, those are on purpose. Those are taking you to the knee. Thank, thank the Lord you're still alive. <laughs> those have knocked fire from me, boy. God, dog. Jesse, so you've been through a lot. I mean, you, you didn't get into the, this story very much, but you had your equipment stolen from your car getting broken into you. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's a funny one. Yeah. Like you yeah, want to dive so into that? 2019 was a humdinger of a year for me. Uh, yeah, it was character so building. Got back, from Af- got back from Afghanistan, trying to get back my business up off the ground. Uh, I got anyway, about halfway through the year, June, I, uh, was doing pretty good. Got several, a lot of gigs lined up, was doing pretty good. And, I hadn't taken my wife on a vacation. Like, my our honeymoon was like a one of those scam like cruise ships where you go like pay three hundred bucks and and then they like scam you into buying like a timeshare. Kids, if you're listening to this, timeshares don't work. Don't you might want to get a heads up. Not just saying if it's a three hundred dollar deal for a honeymoon. <laughs> yeah. I I don't know, bro. <laughs> just saying, might be sketch. Uh, it, it was. The, <laughs> I took her on to that man. I need to take her on a real trip. But I'm, I'm still trying to pay the bills. I got a I got a job out in San Francisco. I love San Francisco. I know I know it's you know there's a lot of stuff going on out there. But as a city, just looking at it, it's a beautiful. That's yeah, great. God it made is, that part yeah. of the earth. Absolutely. It's gorgeous, gorgeous town. And it's it's a romantic. I'm a hopeless romantic, so I'm gonna take my wife. I'm gonna do a little work, but I'm gonna take her, show her all. Of it. She's never really been to California that much, and I love 
I love the sights out there. So I was like, we're going to take a trip. So within two hours of landing, um, I had all my gear, all my production gear with me, uh, and, uh, landed in San Francisco. I went and I was like, I'm going to show you the bridge right here at sunset. So we parked. I was like, I don't want to leave this stuff right here. I'll just, we'll just walk right down here. And I'll go right back. And within 10 minutes of us walking away, uh, they were pros apparently. And they, they, they came and busted out of back. But when I got back to the, the car 10 minutes later, everything was stolen. Everything, every bag, every, you know, all my cameras, drones, everything passports money where, cash, where all at? food I mean, like, it was right off the it was right next to the bridge uh, they probably thought she was going down there to jump the like hey this dude don't need this uh, stuff anymore <laughs> yeah they don't they won't need it they i mean 10 minutes it. i'm like hey uh, this guy yeah so <laughs> so that was a fun deal so i was like yeah, that's a you know my whole livelihood just stolen from me like within 10 minutes uh, by some low lives. And I was like, man. So of course you run around like me. I was like, I'm going to find these dirt bags. And, and it didn't take long. I was like, these guys, like they're, they're 20 miles away from here by now. And, uh, yes, yeah, so the cops couldn't do anything because they, you know, it happens every night there. And then, um, the insurance decided they weren't going to do anything because our name wasn't on the, the a friend picked us up in the SUV and it was under their name, the mm-hmm. rental. Um, so we just had to eat that. So we spent the next couple months trying to figure out, <laughs> uh, getting all that gear back. And on top of all that, I've had a couple of surgeries cause I got injured last year in Afghanistan and, um, had a couple of surgeries. What'd you, get, what'd, you, what'd you do? No, nothing, nothing fun. I fell in a, fell in a pit and blew my knee out and broke my foot. And, oh, yeah, those are great. Uh, was on a night, night patrol. You know how those one of the, well, Yeah. One of the shit pits. <laughs> yeah. Man, I fell in one of What's them. That? Yeah. One of those deep. Yep. Yeah. It, I'm, you know how we're, we're not we're not light and then we got a lot of gear on and yeah, it just, it blew it out. And then of course I was an idiot and walked down it for another four months and patrolled on it and it didn't get any better. That's what we do. Um, so it's just nothing, nothing, nothing cool. No cool story. Just, uh, just got some stuff I'm working through. And, uh, and then on top of that, we, then we get pregnant on the trip after we had everything stolen. Um, well, you didn't have anything else to planned. do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, and, and the way the Lord, the way the Lord got us out of that predicament was just—I mean, I could go on and on about how He He rescued us out of that one because we were over there with no IDs, no passports, nothing, no money, credit cards. Like it—it it was funny. The Lord took care of us, and we got home to our kids. That's how you start over, right about, there. But yeah, start over, and uh, yeah, since then the Lord's upgraded all my gear. I got—I got better gear than I had before, and and then so on top of all that going on, and then we got pregnant. My wife. Um, about 11 weeks we huh she thought <laughs> 11 weeks pregnant she uh thought we lost she came to me she was like i just lost the baby and um she thought we miscarried and uh it was a for, so that was a holiday weekend it happened on thursday it was like friday that we weren't gonna be able to go in until tuesday unless we went to the emergency room and she she was convinced that we had lost the baby so for four four and a half days uh we went through what what i've seen other people go through and that's through a you know, losing a kid. And I, I never appreciated what that's like until I, you know, kind of went through it. And I was like, Hey, let's go get it checked out. Let's see if there's a heartbeat. And she was, I just can't deal. I can't go to emergency room right now. I can't like emotionally, she, she's tough as nails, but this really hit her hard. And, uh, so we try to figure out, do we tell the kids we lost, you know, lost the baby. They had already, they pray, you know, pray over them every night and quote scripture to them at night. And we sing hymns together as a family. And they're always talking to the belly and, 
I had a lot to tell my kids. We just lost this, you know, we lost John Porter and, um, we went in to, to go see, you know, see what was going on to basically to make sure that he was not alive and there was a heartbeat and he was happy and healthy as can be. It was another, uh, issue she had. Um, so we went through that losing the, we, we thought we lost a son. The doctors over the phone was like, yeah, you've had a miscarriage. Just come in when you can and we'll clean it out. And so emotionally she's been through, we both been kind of through a lot. And then on top of it, then, um, about 14 weeks, she started getting real sick. So she was bedridden from 14 weeks until 26 weeks. So I was Mr. Day. I came home from where I quit traveling, came home and cooked pancakes and took out trash and tried to, tried to run the house while she was laid up and uh and then fireworks happened on uh in december with the little man coming so it's been a it's been a fun year yeah yeah sounds like it so what what would be your greatest never quit advice for our listeners i mean clearly you've gone through a lot this last year never quit advice um people like us that don't quit uh We're almost, I don't know about y'all, but I, I almost quit all the time. I almost quit at Walmart two days ago, grocery shopping. Oh, well, that's kind of, yeah. Walmart, that's... I just can't, I can't, I can't do this. I'm going to quit. I can't do this. And I pushed through and I, I, I didn't quit. But um, in all seriousness, kind of what we alluded to earlier, like you, you sit down with somebody and you realize my life isn't quite as bad as I thought it was. It, there's somebody out there that's always dealing with it. Somebody's always got it harder than you. And probably it's somebody you know, and probably they're dealing with something quietly and you have no idea what's going on. And probably it's somebody really close to you that's really hurting. And so for us to kind of get self-absorbed and looking at all poor me, look at always looking inboard and saying, look, you know, I got all this crap going on. I'm not going to quit. Like the thing that helps me not quit is like, there's so many people that are hurting out there. I need to be spending time trying to help them. And if I'm helping them, then I don't have the luxury of quitting. So just being a little bit less self-centered and more looking outboard to uh, the affairs and the needs of other people and uh, and trying to be a light for Christ in this world, it kind of it takes away the the luxury of quitting because that's what quitting is. It's like, you you know, if you can't afford to quit, then then you won't ever quit. Man, we, that's why we say that, because think about it all the time it's when it gets tough. Hell, we had to put it on a T-shirt. And I've heard, I heard, yep. <laughs> I heard somewhere one time that the stress level that people, the guys have standing in Walmart line is the same as a fighter pilot in combat. Like, I mean, that's kind of how we, where we got, when I heard that, I was like, man, that sounds about <laughs> right. Dude, that's fun. I wasn't a fighter pilot, but it's, it can get pretty stressful in there. Dude, it does. And when your wife's like, Hey, pick some, uh, can you hand me that out of my purse? My purse. And like, I would rather like, I'd rather go back to Hellman than try to find something <laughs> in your purse right now. Like I cannot handle that stress right now. Have you had it where you've <laughs> ha- have you have you had it where you were in line checking out and your wife calls and goes, "Oh hey, by the way, can you grab this too?" And you got to get yeah, out I'm of line like, and go. Yeah, that's when I just leave the whole buggy. Yeah, maybe you're a better husband than me, but I'm like, look, ma'am, um, <laughs> that's too late. That ship has sailed. I'm and, already in the uh, truck we and gone. Yeah, they didn't have it. <laughs> they didn't, I already looked. They didn't have. It. I remember my first feminine product run. I was like, where? <laughs> they There's like out. five they aisles full of that stuff, right? You're just kind of looking like, which one of the, are they not the same? Like with a dude, it's like, just give me something. I need something that'll stop up. A, 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 <laughs> whatever. Wal- <laughs> I tell you, Walmart checklist has, has taken so much stress out of my life to where you just, my wife can order it. I drive up and they load it up in the trunk and I 
Yeah. I'm hitting the road. Yeah. Pick up outside. It's lifesaver. Hell, man. Now that it's going back to the delivery boys and guys, guys got I me and they can order it up and, and send it out. Man, not where we live. Yeah. Yeah. It's like everybody's here, trying you know, to reconnect to each other it. somehow. <laughs> it is funny how it comes back around. The service industry is coming back around. Oh, yeah. Cause that was just the missing component. I mean, it's the, the phone doesn't give you any satisfaction. And if it does, it's kind of a f- yep. false satisfaction. And that's all this thing does is give people satisfaction, except guys like us. Yeah, but it doesn't last. I mean, in reality, I mean, you, the tweets and text messages, that stuff should be, I, I clear my phone out every night. And in the morning, it's, it's like, who, who really cares about you? I'll text you in the morning. Because some people yeah. will, will say something negative on there, and people go back and look at it from three, four weeks ago, and they'll get upset about it. Hell, the person who wrote that could be dead. You're not around or sorry. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? It's, it's just like, man, it's it kind of feeds an endless loop of meanness. And like when we step in there, like I said, man, you'd find it. Meanness you, and stupidity. Yeah. My grandmother called it just being ugly. And, it, you know, you'll hear yeah. them say, like, I wouldn't say this, but if I did, and then they say it, I'm like, well, it's kind of the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like saying, bless your heart after you, sir. Don't take this the wrong way. Yeah. You know, it's not going to be good. And I mean, next. with all due respect. <laughs> That means I do not respect you in the slightest. <laughs> oh man! So what's next for you, man? Well, I got so we I got this trip coming up, and I'm going to Alaska. I'm working on a documentary out there. That's kind of a secret thing. Uh, Is it about aliens? Alaska? Is it gnome? Alaska? I haven't been to Alaska yet. So checking that off my list. I heard some um, crazy stuff happens up in Nome. Fourth that, kind. For, yeah, fourth, man. When they turn that encounter. damn was it the voice recorder? Yeah. Room? What was that movie? Fourth kind. Fourth, Is that right? Fourth kind. I think so. I was like, man, I don't want to go there. That dude come flying yeah, up out of that bed. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> he got some problems. I'll come. I'll come back. Yeah. That. Then I got the knee surgery. Try to see if they can reconstruct what it, what's not fixed yet. So I got that mid March. I'll be laid up for a little bit. My kids are fired up. They they keep asking, when are you going to get laid up again so you can stop traveling? <laughs> so I'll be laid up in March and then hit the ground running. Hopefully once uh. Once I heal up from that. Usually when I get hurt and, and wind up in the hospital, I call that kind of detention. That's the Lord's way of saying I was working too hard. <laughs> so they just kind of hobble us up. Yeah. I can't do it any other way. Yep. I mean, get a sick or I you know, you, keep I, working. I know it sounds bad and I should be one of those guys. Like, I just can't, I just get an itch. I got to get moving. But I'm like, when it happens, I'm like, thank God. Now <laughs> I can just lay here <laughs> and heal and I don't have to feel guilty about doing anything. <laughs> right. <laughs> Maybe that's just me me being a wimp but i'm like hey anytime i can get a, a pass to sit here and not feel like i should be out mowing the grass uh or doing whatever it needs doing um it's kind of nice it hasn't happened that much but it's nice when it does i'd say yeah enjoy those little moments like we we always enjoy the ones when you're hurt yeah but they're little quiet moments you don't understand it feeds itself well, all right brother we sure yep. enjoy talking thank to you, you so much, yeah, man great up. meeting you and uh we'll pass all the people that we talked to that have been dropping your name man just keep doing what you're doing i mean you're like I said, you're at the starting line. Well, you're, you're still young. Really young. Don't take that the wrong way, but, <laughs> I I mean, but everything comes with no, age. That's kind of like the rank thing. Yet. Starting out with all them kids at that age, that, that teaches you a lot about yourself that normally you learn over time. Mm-hmm. So we'll sure be praying for you and your wife and, and your little one. Yeah, keep in touch, brother. If, y'all, if you need anything from our side, man, we'll, we'll, uh, we're going to plug you in every direction and, and um, help you out as much as we can. So you keep fighting the good fight, brother. Yeah, Absolutely. I, God bless you, man. Hey, what's the name of your company? It's just me. Like I, I work for myself, so it's, it's J.R. Phillips Photography is the official name, but I, don't, I just go by my name. Um, so I, lo- I do a lot of projects with a lot of different companies. So I'm kind of kind of freelance, 
what right. I do. So we'll tell Uncle about, Jesse and the yeah, Dukes my of Hazard. website's on my social and all that. So yes, Jesse R. Phillips is what I go by. So Jesse R. Phillips. All right, buddy. All right, brother. Take care of yourself, man. Enjoy all the week. Right. Thank y'all. It was an honor. You bet. Y'all have a good day. All right, everybody. It is that time where we share a listener story. This one is a little different because one, it's really short, but it's got a call to action, I guess. So today's story is actually written by Michael. Michael was actually in the United States Navy. His story is called Cancer to Coach. I'm going to share what he had to write, then I'll kind of plug what I want you guys to do. So the first time I watched your podcast, I was in the hospital fighting acute myeloid leukemia. I listened to Justin Legg's story and it inspired me to keep going and never quit. I now have reached remission and had a stem cell transplant and am currently back to finishing my time in the United States Navy and doing what I love, coaching at CrossFit Little Creek. So just so you guys know, Michael submitted his story on the website, but he actually shared a about a 10-minute video along with his story, and he's being interviewed by the Legion Lab team at his CrossFit in Little Creek, and it's a really great little interview where he goes into a little bit of his story, his journey about finding out that he had this disease, his mindset around never quitting, and and just the fact that like he wasn't going to let that stop him. And it was cool to see that the show had some impact on his journey. But more importantly, at the end of the day, like motivation is only half the battle. You know, we can say things, we can share stories, we can be encouraging. But at the end of the day, it comes down to what you're willing to do. And and Michael had the fight to just push on. So if you guys want to hear more of his story, definitely go watch the video. Head over to teamneverquit.com slash podcast. Make sure you go to the share your story tab. You'll see his story called Cancer to Coach. Check it out. We're so happy that you shared your story, Michael. Man, what a cool interview we just had. It's always fun to get a fan on the show. Team member. A team member. Yeah, I mean, that young, at an age he's at right now and take taking on all that he's got. Just the attitude he has. I mean, it's good to... He does have a, a bang up attitude. I mean, <laughs> everybody out there is going through something. Outlook on life, right? Going through it together, no matter where you're at. You know, small town Mississippi or big town New York, man. And we're all in this together. I'm gonna get on him a little bit. I hate it when people that served in the services are like well, I didn't do much. Uh, did more than anybody else that didn't sign up. Yeah, man. What do you mean you didn't do much? If you didn't do much, I don't think they'd have kept you in the uniform. You went through Marine boot camp. Yeah, you can't. God you can't almighty. do not do much and stay in the uniform. That's not how that works. Hey, I, you know, I'm, you just, hear me, boy? Everybody, just imagine how extreme we were on our level. That means everybody in in the uniform had to be that extreme. You can't have just one division that, that does the stuff that we did, and and everyone else be on the complete opposite end because then they get rid of us. So everything feeds itself. One big family. Well, if you like the episode, go follow Jesse. I think he is. I believe it's the Jesse R. Phillips. On Instagram. Jesse R. Phillips. Was it the program, maybe? And his podcast is the program. He you, wasn't sure about that. Are you sure? <laughs> but uh, we are. So you can check out his podcast. Check out his Instagram account. You can see what he's doing, what he's up to. Check out all the documentary work he's doing. It seems like he's shining a lot of light on the World War II veterans, and, and that's really cool. And, uh, man, it was just really cool to have him on today. So share this episode with a friend. If you want to be the first one to know when we drop new episodes every single Wednesday, make sure you subscribe to the show on iTunes. All you have to do is press the subscribe button, and we're available on every other major podcast player, Spotify, uh, iHeartRadio, you name it. We're out there. We're buzzing. Thanks for coming back every single week and listening to the show. We love you guys. We'll see you next week. We're out.